welcome once again to Straight Talk, your intermittent podcast of political thought. I'm your host, Scott Wyant. Joining me right now is Celeste Williams. She is running for the Arkansas State House of Representatives from District 95. Celeste, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I've been doing a little bit of research on on the district, a pretty populous area that you're in. And you also have some, some rural area around there, too, don't you? Yes. It, it is an interesting mix of rural, urban, almost, uh, I think it's an unflattering term, but sort of a, a bedroom community to, like, the greater Bentonville area. And you're right, you're right on the Arkansas-Missouri line, right? Yes. And it's actually Bella Vista. It's not the entire city of Bella Vista, but it is ju- it's primarily the east side and then there's just one small little portion on the west side of Highway 71. It's sort of divided in half there. Uh, what are you hearing are the major concerns of, of voters in that area? The biggest concerns that I hear are cost of health care, education. You know, we talk a lot about pre-K programs and the difficulty for parents to find a good pre-K program for their little ones. Cost of college education, technical training, infrastructure has been a discussion, and those are probably the top concerns. Uh, oh, recently, a little bit more conversation on environmental issues. Yeah, I noticed on your Facebook page that uh, you were recently doing a cleanup. Of, how did that go? It was good. You know, I think any time you can get out and do something to make your community better, and that's certainly a, a little sugar creek is very close to my home. That's a place where my kids and I go down and hike and explore around in that area and bike or just go splash in the creek. Most of what we pulled out of there was um, the remains of netting and such that they'd put along the creek bank to prevent erosion. Then it got eroded and was in the creek. So that was a lot of what we were pulling out of there. And then old tires and soda cans and things like that. You know, we do live on a floodplain, or parts of Bella Vista are part of a floodplain. You know, when we have 33 people moving to northwest Arkansas every day, then we're going to continue to have building. We're going to continue to have more and more runoff. So flooding is not a problem that's going to go away anytime soon. So that's kind of been the discussion recently. How do we address that? And there's a dam that crosses that creek down there. And every time that we, it floods, it costs on average about $30,000 to clean that up. To me, something that is not part of the natural environment and is an economic burden on the community is probably not the best way to spend our resources on cleaning up a mess that we're helping to create every time. So that's kind of the community debate is to take the dam out or, or not and and they've talked about some different options on what they can do there. What, what was the original purpose of the dam? Recreation. People like to have a body of water to just stroll around and look at. And so that's, it is part of the history of Bella Vista. Um, Lake Bella Vista has been there for quite some time. I don't remember the year that they built that dam. So, you know, the reasons that people voice to keep it are primarily nostalgia-based and, and wanting to have a place where they can go down there along the lake, but half the time it's been flooded recently, and so the gates are stuck open, and 
or the dam's been partially washed out, and so that trail gets closed for a while. Seems like it makes more sense to um, to get rid of that dam and then just have a. It's pleasant to walk along a creek too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like if it's if it's causing a financial burden, really that that advantageous to the community. No, and it floods sometimes three to five times a year, and so that that adds up. Yeah, I imagine. And there are certainly other things that would uh, be better for our community to have that money for. Speaking of, of the community, what's your, your health care system around there like? I will completely yeah. admit that I'm probably a little bit biased since I work for, I'm a nurse practitioner. I've been a nurse for 22 years. So I certainly love the group that I work for. And I think that overall we have wonderful providers in the area. I do see that we have limited access sometimes depending on what type of insurance someone has. And then we also have a shortage of primary care providers. So that sometimes makes it difficult for someone to get someone to take care of them. I think we have good uh, hospitals in the area, a growing number of clinics to meet those needs. But we do have a shortage of not just primary care, but specialists in general. And that's not just here, but much worse in other parts of the state. The the northwest part of Arkansas has long been a, a more affluent area. But I'm, yeah. But I'm wondering what the uh, the recent tightening of the belt for Medicaid funding, how has that impacted the area? You know, to be honest, I haven't seen a, a huge impact from that recently other than, you know, as a health care provider. It is painful to get preauthorization on needed procedures or medications for my patient, patients who are on Medicaid. They really make it difficult for you to call and get things approved. And, and sometimes it doesn't, you know, matter if I, as the person looking at my patient and determining what is best for them, it doesn't matter what they want me, <laughs> what I think needs to happen. They'll just say no, which is a frustration with not just Medicaid, but also private insurance, taking away, you know, my clinical judgment. I do see a number of people who have really benefited from getting the Arkansas Works program and getting health insurance through that. But I know that there are a few people that are kind of on, that were on the borderline that I have not spoken to them recently, but I do worry about them losing access when we are potentially getting people kicked off of the healthcare system. Yeah, not, not to mention uh, Medicaid is the number one uh, funder for most of your senior citizen centers. Oh, that, that is huge. You know, not just Medicare certainly pays for a lot of their healthcare expenses, but, you know, if you have a senior who's li- living in a uh, nursing home, it is Medicaid that pays for that two-thirds of the time. So yep. I think those people, you know, their life was valuable. It still has value, and they should be taken care of. Well, if you get into the to the Arkansas legislature, do you have any ideas on, on how to make the Arkansas Medicaid better than it is? Oh, goodness. Well, there's certainly been a lot of fraud recently. I would like to make it more accountable as far as making sure that they're actually doing what they're supposed to with the money that we're investing into that. 
I'm not a fan of rolling back the um, income level as they have done from 130% of the poverty line down to 100%. I think it needed to stay at 130. And really, those people that are just above that, they are struggling to meet oftentimes even just their basic needs. And then you add the rising cost of health insurance, they can't afford it. Yeah, it makes you wonder what a what a poor person is supposed to do. How, how well, I'll tell you what they live. do. is they, they go without, and they have chronic illnesses that are left untreated, and then they show up profoundly more sick than what they would have been if they were having just maintenance care on our emergency room doorsteps. Yeah, it ended up costing then, 10 times more, didn't it? Exactly. And how do you keep, you know, the emergency system to take care of anyone, you know, and that's a legal requirement with EMTALA. If you're in um, active labor or it's an emergency, they cannot turn you away for inability to pay. And, you know, morally, they shouldn't be able to. But, you know, what other business is required to care for other people and then not have a way to recoup the services that they're providing. And so how they recoup that is that all of us who have health insurance are paying for it because the cost continues to go up. And the hospital has to either eat that cost or write it off as a charitable care. That's not ideal either. I'm grateful that many of the hospitals in the area do that and that they do in many instances write that cost off and provide it as charitable care, but not everybody gets that. And it seems shameful that we have people that have bankruptcy because of being ill. I feel like we're at a point where we are, we as in a segment of society, not myself, view poverty as a moral failing and that we then deny care for human beings based on their income. And I don't think that that is right. Every person has value and worth, and it is our moral obligation to care for our neighbors. And if you don't care about your neighbors, democracy doesn't work very well. You've no. got to invest in the common good. Just what, what made you decide to run for, for the legislature? Because I've noticed looking through the, the demographics information for the area, It's been a while since there was even a Democratic candidate on the ballot. It has been quite some time. 2004, I believe, was the last year that a Democrat ran in my district. And at that point, the lines were drawn very differently. So it was a different district then. But Well, I think that when I look out in the world, um, I'm really concerned that my kids are going to have all of the opportunities that I have had And I'm concerned about people that, you know, I've worked in primary care for over seven years now. And I see lots of people that I care about really struggling to meet their basic needs. I don't feel like seniors should be having to rely on food pantries to get their nutritional needs met or going without medication because they can't afford it. And skipping that medicine may be life-threatening. And so thinking back to my kids, you know, I have two biological kids and three foster kids. 
And I believe that all five of my kids and everyone else's children deserve better than what the world is today. And I cannot, in good conscience, put them to bed at night and not do everything in my power to give them a better life and more opportunity. And to me, the way that you have more opportunity is through quality health care, good education systems, and good job opportunity. And I am worried that we're not making a path for the next generation to succeed. Your opponent, Austin McCollum. I was looking through his legislative record. Even though he's only been in there a year, his name Mm -hmm. as a co-sponsor, the main sponsor of some legislation. Let me just get your, your comments on some of these. Now, this first one that I'm going to mention, it, it never passed. It, it died in committee. He was the sponsor of a bill to restrict purchases with food stamps, you know, requiring, of course, to show an identification. Maybe this is where Trump got the, the idea that you have to show an ID to go to the grocery store. I don't understand that. I don't. I feel like everyone, how do you starve someone into excellence? How can someone, and you know, and primarily, and I'm going to back up a little bit too. So in our, in my district or in Benton County, one out of five is food insecure. And it's much higher in children and our seniors. So who is he hurting by proposing such stuff? Children and our seniors. I don't believe that that is acceptable. You know, you can't go to school and learn if your tummy's rumbling and you're hungry. You know, and how how do you look yourself in the mirror and know that you are contributing to elderly people being hungry at night? Plus, it helps the the farmer. Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, We need our farmers to to have products to sell and people to buy their their food. You know, again, we all do better when we all do better. SNAP assistance has been something that, for I believe if I remember right, for every dollar you invest in that, you get a dollar eighty return to the community, and so that that is a that's a wise investment. It's doing good for the individual, and it is doing good for the community. Whereas your opponent, he sponsored concealed handgun licensee law. You know, I think that is one of those hot-button items that is meant to divide us, and most of us are really a lot closer together on that issue than what sometimes you see on social media or read in the paper. I don't think that every single person needs to have a gun. I think that, obviously, the Second Amendment allows us to have the gun, but I don't think that someone who has been determined mentally ill, someone who, and I know there's already laws about not having a felony, um, but if you are someone who has been a perpetrator of domestic violence, those people should not have access to a firearm. I personally am not terribly comfortable with concealed carry. That said, my spouse has a concealed carry permit. You know, it's something that we discuss often. (laughs) 
but I don't know sure where the line needs to be drawn. I don't, I don't like the idea of people carrying guns, and I don't know that they have them. And I certainly don't think that they need to be in every single space of our lives. You know, if somebody wants to have that, fine, but it's also someone's right to say, I don't want that around me. And I think that the argument often happens in that space between those two rights, I guess. I see here, he was a co-sponsor of, but uh, he wanted to amend the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Amendment to restrict zoning as far as dispensaries and grow facilities. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on medical marijuana? So I will just say that I think that this is someone that the citizens, of, or this is something the citizens of Arkansas have already voted on. It, it just needs to be done. End of story. Just enact it, make it work. If there's something that needs to be fixed, then let's fix it. But it seems silly that it's taking this long for that to be passed. As a healthcare provider, do I think that medical marijuana is the answer to every ailment that someone has? Absolutely not. I think there needs to be a lot more research and evidence to support its use in particular situations, and then we just use it as medicine if that's what science supports that we do. Do you think we should stop at medical marijuana use? or I don't believe that it should be a crime. I don't see that it is a worse drug than alcohol, but I think I would want to think about that a lot longer and a lot harder before making a decision on where we should go with that. Last year, Arkansas built an additional prison. The majority of inmates are for low-level nonviolent drug offenses. Do you have an opinion on that? Do you think uh, we need to? Well, I think that if you look at our state budget and you view that as sort of that where your tre treasure lies, there also lays, lies your heart, 40% of our budget goes to incarceration. And I don't believe that people need to be incarcerated for low-level crimes like that and that seems like a waste of taxpayer money and and I think it you have to kind of look at it as does this can make our community safer it makes it much harder for that person to ever have a uh, job when they get out and that certainly somebody who can't work negatively impacts the community in which they live and perpetuates these cycles of poverty and if you and it, it, desperate people do desperate things. And I think that we need to really look long and hard at how are we sentencing people. Sometimes we are criminalizing oftentimes addiction and mental illness problems where they need help, not imprisonment. And I don't think that that benefits us as a society or a community in the long run. And, you know, personally, I believe in mercy and grace and forgiveness. Does that mean that people who commit crimes have no consequences? No, it does not. But, but I think we need to look at, does this, does this make sense to keep our, does this keep our community safe? 
And is this a wise investment of taxpayer money? And I would argue that it's not. Do you think that, that the primary purpose for a, a penal system is punishment or... Uh, Rehabilitation. Yes, thank you. I think that the way that it is set up now, it is certainly set up as punishment. I don't think that that's the way that it should be. I think that if you want to keep, if you want to reinvest in your community and make a more just and equitable society, then you need to rehabilitate people so that when you return them to society, they are a functioning person who can be a product who has paid their debt and um, should be able to make the society, the community better, not worse. Uh, he was also a sponsor of uh, an act to amend laws concerning the procedure of denial, suspension, or revocation of a health facility service license and to amend the laws regarding abortion clinics. He made it a lot harder for women to to seek a lawful medical procedure, in my view. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that where things stand or that law basically restricted um, any type of abortion to a surgical abortion. So I will just say I don't believe that anyone is pro-abortion. We are at a point now that we have the lowest abortion rate since the 1970s. You know, there are certainly cases where an abortion is necessary to protect a woman's life or if a fetus is not a viable birth, is not going to survive outside the womb. And I don't believe that whatever the issue, that it is the government's place to make those hard decisions. That is between a woman and her health care provider. No one is advocating for more abortion. And I think that sometimes we miss that maybe we should be talking more about preventing unplanned pregnancy and making sure that women have access to contraception so that they don't have to make that, those kind of choices. Are we ever going to get to an abortion rate of zero? Probably not. From the beginning of time, women have been looking for ways to become unpregnant when there's a bad situation. I certainly think the government just needs to stay out of that. And let's really, really focus on making a difference in unplanned pregnancies. If you're you're going to restrict a woman's access to uh, reproductive services, let's say, and make it harder for someone to terminate an unwanted pregnancy, then it just seems that you need to, you know, make it a little bit easier for the woman to raise that kid. Yes. Let's talk about the whole life of of potential pregnancies, not just... It's like the Republican Party 
cares about they care about a fetus, you know, up until it's born, and after that, it's like, well, you're on your own now. That's not that is not investing in your community. That is not helping individuals. And that you know that didn't that bill didn't allow for rape or incest, or for medical problems. You know, I think of a story about a woman who wanted to be pregnant, got pregnant, and at her 18-week appointment for her ultrasound, there was no amniotic fluid because that developing fetus had no kidneys. And because there were no kidneys and no amniotic fluid, there were no lungs yeah. that would form. And, you know, in especially, you know, I just think as a medical person, I think of those situations like that. And pregnancy is not without risk. I have certainly, be, I've previously worked as an ICU nurse, and I've taken care of a lot of postpartum moms who had a stroke or some terrible event, you know, Pregnancy is not without risk, which also yeah. then makes me think about, you know, we have a problem in this country with maternal mortality. We are the United States of America, and it's not the safest place to give birth. That's crazy to me. Just women's health care in general is, is something that we have got to look at and make sure that, that we're taking care of one another correctly that women have the opportunity to safely have a family when they choose to do so. And if they do not choose to do so, that they have access to that. Like I've said many a time, if, if you make, if you make life better for women, then life gets better for everyone. Get your opinion on, uh, two things that I think that are just critical that we get a handle on. And that is uh, campaign financing and dark money in elections. Absolutely. Yes. You know, I, I was thinking about that this morning, and I don't know if, you know, one, I think you've got to give, you know, we think about, like, balanced government and making it work for everybody, and you've got to make sure that voters have a voice. Certainly, corporations and, you know, corporate money, those are not people. I don't agree with the Citizens United ruling. And the way you make sure that your democracy functions for everybody is make sure that everyone has a voice. And that dark money shuts down individual voices. It skews people's perception with the negative ads and, and the way that they spend that money. So... I think that is a huge need to address. And, you know, the other thing, and part of it is probably I grew up in a small rural community. You know, we didn't always appreciate outsiders coming in and meddling in our local community. And I, I sort of view it with that mentality. I don't think that out-of-state organizations need to be spending money in local races. I think that the people in the community, they're the ones who need to have their voices heard, not dark money like that. Let me get your opinion on this. The way the, the Arkansas tax code is written right now, married couples 
you know, they can file jointly on their state taxes. Unless mm -hmm. unless you're in a same sex marriage. Uh that, yeah. in, in that case, uh there's no there's no filing jointly. Uh is that something you'd be amenable to changing? I don't believe that the government needs to be infringing on anyone's personal liberties. And that to me is not creating an equi equitable society. I think that that is people deserve to live the life that they want to live. And if you don't like it, then don't live that life. It's not the government's decision to encourage one way or the other. They need to stay out. The government needs to stay out of individual lives. How do you measure success? What metrics are you going to use come November the 7th? You know, should you end up in the legislature uh, or, so how or, would or I, not? How, how, how are, what are your personal metrics for success? Well, I suppose that just depends on which aspect of my life that I'm looking at it from. So um, I, I'm just going to answer that as a person rather than necessarily just a political candidate. That's fine. My view of life success is that you make a difference. My personal and moral mission as a bedside nurse was that I would help alleviate suffering to the greatest ability that I could. And I've really sort of moved that same mission to as a potential legislator is I want to remove the barriers that people have in their lives that cause suffering. I want every person to be able to reach their greatest potential. And, you know, then it's on that individual person to reach their best potential. But I think in running this race, it has been amazing how many people that I've gotten to meet, stories that they share with me, and certainly the impact that I've had on my children and their world perspective. I mean, they believe that they can make a difference. They absolutely see that mom is trying to make the world a better place. And so I don't know if that totally answers your question, but I just, I hope that I inspire the next generation to keep going. I don't believe that we need to be, you know, this isn't November 6th is not the end of this for me. It is playing the long game of making the lives of my children, the lives of the people in my community better in whatever role I'm in. And so I don't view it as success being a financial thing, but a what is your purpose in the world? What 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 are you doing to make a difference? I got two more things I want to ask. How can people uh, get involved? Uh, who do they need to contact? Where do they need to go to ensure that Celeste goes to the Arkansas State Legislature this year? So the easiest way is to go to my website. Um, it's Celeste Williams, C-E-L-E-S-T-E, -E -E, Williams at 
at or for Arkansas. It's 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 number for Arkansas.com. The other place they can find things that are going on is on my Facebook page, and then I've got Twitter and Instagram as well. But going to the the website, there is a link to click to volunteer or to donate. Um, I certainly ask that if someone listening thinks that I am a a good candidate and that they would like to support me, that not only do they get involved with the campaign, but they also talk to their friends and their neighbors, have other people check me out. I cannot do this on my own. I need everybody to help. Links to all that will be in the show notes along with the blog post accompanying this interview. And if I didn't say it, I need people to vote for me. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. That's a big ask. Get out and vote. (laughs) Vote vote early and vote often. (laughs) Vote early at least. (laughs) (laughs) And often in various races, not... not multiple times in this one (laughs) as often as they open the polls get out there (laughs) yeah i feel like we've mostly covered it i mean i you know i think certainly the reason i'm running is to work on education health care and good paying jobs and the way you do that is is taking uh money out of politics and giving people a voice and so that's that's where we are Let's send Celeste Williams to the Arkansas State Legislature. Well, I appreciate that. Well, Celeste, I want to thank you for agreeing to come on here and talk with me. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I've enjoyed it, and I appreciate you. All right. Well, that was Celeste Williams. She's running for the State House of Representatives to represent District 95. Please go to her website, click the Donate button, get involved, go to her Facebook page, and follow her on Twitter. The links to all those are found in the accompanying blog post in the show notes. we got less than eight weeks to go before Election Day, so, so get involved, get active, and be sure to go out and vote. And bring a friend. Every time I hear the people cry Don't you know that the man is gonna lie I try to tell them that they have a choice 